Hello and welcome back to the Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Wilhelm, and joining me this week, like every week, is Sports Media's number one, number one, Joel Linton correspondent. It's Mr. Mike Breslin. Evening, Will. How you doing? I'm all right. And to his left on the computer screen is Dave Harris. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to come up with a nickname on the spot, so here we go. Oh, no. Uh, the trident tycoon there we go now ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we've told the story about david harris giving that gum on the podcast before so he won't retread ground <sighs> another season done eh lads another one yeah and i think i speak for everyone involved when i say take it out back and put a bullet in its head fuck me <laughs> one of the worst premier league seasons i think i've ever watched the quality was shit and we had to rely on Spurs doing something good in the last day. Terrible. Anyway, anywho, um, ladies and gentlemen, we did mid-season report cards earlier in the year, and we're going to sort of update them and sort of look back on the year and try and figure out um, who of the teams have had a good season or not, because um, it's not as obvious as it first looks. So, let's start at the bottom, because let's be honest there's a couple of there's like like the year before i couple of dosses yeah it's a couple of dosses it's right you know we we sat here last year for this the for this very podcast and we said christ there's some bad teams in this division Mm -hmm. and newcastle finished 12 so there's some really bad teams in the division this year um let's start with one that in the pre-season we actually thought would probably do all right in fact we predicted them to finish 13th which shows what we know ladies and gentlemen turn off this podcast right now um yeah if you want real footballing insight this is the wrong place <laughs> sheffield united um just an absolute car crash of a season dave um what grade are you giving them giving them a U, well let's be honest why uh, just because they lost 29 of 38 games like they, I mean, they've not actually ended up with that, not like many points less than the other bottom two teams in the bottom three, um, which makes them look a bit better than they did like a month or so ago. However, to lose 29 of 38 games is, oh, it's just embarrassing, isn't it? You lost nearly, it's a huge amount of games to lose in a season and they just never seem to get going. David McGoldrick, stand-up player, says says it all, really, for how poorly that season went. Yeah, thank God they signed Ryan Brewster, though. Um, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Gotta get the dig in. Mike, when we did these beforehand, and Sheffield United was sat on eight points from 21 games, neither me or you gave them an E at that point. Um, how Are you giving them a... We know we gave, didn't give me you at that point. Both gave me an E. Are you sticking with the grade of an E, or have you, your mind been changed? Nah, <clears throat> I think I'm still happy with an E. They're obviously under underperform what they did last year. Uh, I think they're probably one of the teams that maybe having no fans has affected them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and the second season syndrome. Everyone's kind of worked out what they do. Wilder couldn't seem to come up with another plan. But it is worth remembering, obviously, they've had some injuries and stuff. I think he is fair enough, Yeah. Um, given that it's, it's not a Premier League squad, is it? Let's be fair. No. If and we're being honest, it's not. I think I think they've had, obviously, things have gone wrong. And I think when, 
when you start the season that badly, it's always diff- you're giving yourself a hole that you can't climb out of. But like you say, Mark, it is worth mentioning that they lost Jack, o- Jack O'Connell pretty early on, who's pretty integral to what they do. Um, and they just, and then they had niggling injuries. And yeah, everyone's had injuries this season. But when you t- there's a difference between um, Leicester, for example, having injuries and Sheffield United having injuries. And then there's a difference between Leicester having injuries and Chelsea and Liverpool having injuries, for example. Um, and there's a big gap in the squad to Man City. Um, but that said, I did think it was interesting that they, they won yesterday with the fans back in the ground. Yeah, I mean, I, I maybe just may be making something up there, but I, I think they're one of the teams that fed off, especially at Bramall Lane, they fed off having that crowd there last season in particular. Um, <clears throat> and definitely the way they play, uh, I think, yeah, they could have been one of the teams worst affected. Of course, this could all have happened in a normal season because, like I say, they're not. it's not a Premier League squad. So it's not shocking that they went down. They've managed to as Dave say muster 23 points in the end which mm-hmm. yeah is, is, is not good but it's uh yeah. yeah they're back where they belong probably in the championship which sounds horrible to say but that is probably the yeah. truth yeah they have the best bloody bloody championship um Dave is your mm-hmm. you've given them a year obviously is your yeah. grade influenced at all by the fact that they ended up sacking Chris Wilder no it's more it's more influenced by the fact that for most of the season, people were talking about, are they going to be the worst Premier League team ever? And then it became one of the worst Premier League teams ever. And I guess 23 points makes them maybe not quite in the bracket of the worst teams ever, but that's how bad their season was. That for most of the season, the talk was, oh my God, are these guys actually going to even make 11 points for, for a good while? Um, so yeah, I'm, Regardless of Wilder, uh, just shocking results, shocking season. So definitely a year from me. Cool. Uh, I'm sticking with an E. Uh, so that's an E for them. Look at that. Democracy in action. <laughs> yeah, um, they kind of escaped a bit there, but I think an E is fair. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I, think, I think context is key for all of these things. And I know that we are going to talk about... I know we're going to talk about later on, perhaps saying, well, in relevant to what we thought these teams are going to do this season, this was a disappointment. And I know people will look back and say, look, we Sheffield finished 20th and uh, you had them 13th. Well, yeah, we had them 13th, but I don't think any of us quite understood the impact of a pandemic and injuries we're going to have on them. Mm-hmm. No, no, I think that's I, right. And I think, I, I think obviously, yeah, the sacking of Wilder, was a thing that did happen too. And he, I think a part of our grade was that we trusted Chris Wilder to make them overperform. Yeah. And that didn't happen this year. And that means they come 20th. Well, I, I think we, I think you look at preseason predictions and so much of it is, is recency bias. Um, because you, you'll have seen, you'll, we'll come on to it later when we talk about West Ham is that we predicted West Ham to finish 17th. And that's mm-hmm. because West Ham of the season before, was such a shambles under Moyes and was such a shambles just in general that I think we just had a complete lack of confidence in him and it's totally the opposite for Sheffield. So where we thought they were going to finish doesn't play as much into this ranking for me, although an E is a terrible score. But um, 
West Brom now, lads. Like, I mean, where do you even start? I'm I'm so glad that they've been relegated. Same. I'm sick of the sight of Callum Robinson. Good lord. <laughs> I hate their green and yellow away kit as well. Oh, yeah, that's gross. You should get relegated just for that kit, if I'm honest. So yeah, glad glad that they're gone. Quickly, worst kit in the league this year? Because for me, the Chelsea Crystal Palace knockoff is, is up there. Yeah, that's bad. I don't like that one. I do. Th- I think the West Brom away takes the cake for me that I can think of. Yeah, right now. It's if, really if any bad. more, if any more arrive in my head while we're doing this, I'll I'll let you know. If, and if you want to let any listeners want to let us know, what's the away kit that was like the Portugal one? I didn't think was a particularly good. To kit. be fair, as well, the Man U zebra kit is a horror. Yeah, that's a horror. Um, Tottenham home and away. Uh, <laughs> just bad in general. Um, but who wants to talk about West Brom? Perhaps the most boring team in the league. I'll, I'll sum it up for you quickly. Oh, no one. No, here we go. No one expected things from this team, and still they disappointed. <laughs> Sorry, you giving them an E? I'm giving them an E because we thought they would come 19th, and we didn't think they would stay up, but they didn't fight all season. So I'm not giving them a E. Mike? Yeah, to be fair, I don't know really how to grade this, but yeah, it's kind of what we expected. Um, Big Sam, unable to keep him up. He obviously won't be there next year, so it'll be interesting to see where they go as far as manager-wise. With that, I'd I'd like to see a different approach, obviously, than Big Sam. Um, I I think we said in the mid-season one, we thought Bilic was a bit harshly treated. I think in hindsight, that was correct as well. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we thought they'd go down. We had them in 19th. They finished 19th. Does that make it a C? I don't know. I don't think I don't, it does. I don't think so, just for the fact they played season. so poorly all season. The only team they played well against was Chelsea. Oh, <laughs> honestly, West Brom, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> just sick of the sight here. Yeah. yeah, it's probably a D or an E, isn't it, if we're being honest? Well, yeah. I don't think it can be a D, because I know this I know this was always predicted, and they're predicted to go down but and this is i'm about to say what is going to be a ridiculous statement but there are there oh, are better ways to get relegated aren't there yeah like like you if you like norwich last year away i think they got they were terrible they got relegated but at the end of the day they stuck to who they were and they and they kept trying to play the football that they played like at the first sign of at the first sign of any trouble they smashed the big sam glass and they just sacked billich who was actually had got one or two decent results in the weeks before and you're just so like mm-hmm. I don't think Billich is particularly great but at least dance with the bloke you came with yeah the devil you know yeah and yeah. I tell you what thank god Big Sam's been relegated yeah that's good for everyone to be honest apart <laughs> from Big Sam of course I'm just fucking sick of him like the thing is we, we got rid of Mark Hughes we got rid of TP Tony Pugh Arju's gone Pardew's gone. Like Big Sam's just like the last of the. Well, Steve Bruce is the last of the dinosaurs. Oh, Steve Bruce is. He's going nowhere fast at the moment. He has led his team to twelve. For what a performance from Steve Bruce! <laughs> you just wait till I give him an A star. Um, but <laughs> genuinely, I'm bored of West Brom. But Pereira, do you see him getting picked up? Because he seems to be the one player. Oh, I think he's. Yeah, I was about to say. I hope someone frees him from that West Brom jail. He's a good player. I don't know what tier of team would buy him. <laughs> oh, Mike, he's an Everton player. 
Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> someone like Everton. <laughs> oh, come on, son. Oh, yeah, God. he'd fit right in with Iwobi and Co. Iwobi Pereira on the rings. Richardson, to be fair to Pereira, he got 11 goals and 6 assists in a truly awful West Brom team. Yeah, he got all of them in one half against ten men, 9 men. <laughs> sorry, Jorginho was on the pitch, but that makes it 9. Um, let's move on because, quite frankly, they didn't do anything interesting this season, so they don't deserve us talking about them. Fulham... An interesting one to grade. Mm. Where did we have Fulham finishing pre-season? I believe we had them coming... Yeah, I was going to say... 20th, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely down. And in the mid-season, lads, just for an update for you, I gave them a C, Dave gave them a C, and Mike gave them a D, so... Yeah, because... I'm willing to go further. They looked like they were going to... Sorry? Further further down. Down, down, down. Yeah, that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, okay. Fulham was a strange one. It looked like they turned a corner, but they actually never really turned anything into points, and certainly not goals. They couldn't score all season. Um, again, like West Brom, I'd probably give them an E. It's not a great season, but no one really expected them to to do great anyway. But again, like you say, we were teams getting relegated. For this whole bottom three, none of them were ever in contention of being in a dogfight. <laughs> just so so far out of it, so early. So I think you, you know if, get... if Fulham if Fulham are sat there on 38 points and they've gone down last day, I'd I'd give them a C. But at the end of the day, they're 11 points behind. Won like one of their last 12 games of the season. It's, who cares if you start playing nice foot nicer football if you can do nothing with it. Still give them an E. Yeah, it, it it just feels a bit weird, Fulham. Um, a lot of talk about how Scott Parker's done this really good job there, Mike. I mean, they've gone down. They struggled to score goals all season. Do you do you buy that he did a really good job, or do you think it was just a bit overblown? Yeah, it's, it is an interesting one, Parker at Fulham, because he's been relegated two of his three seasons. Are we counting the first one? Oh, I guess I'm not sure. we, are not, like we are. We are not counting the first oh, one. Oh, come on. We are that. not counting the first <sighs> one. He took over halfway through. Yeah, that's tough. Although that Big Sam's count. does count, yeah, by the way. Big Sam's definitely counts. Yeah, but it, it counts because he's a fanny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, on Scott Parker, I do like him. I think he has actually done a decent job. Obviously, he's got them playing decent football. But at some point, you've got to start picking up points. And they just never did the whole season. As Dave says there, you win one of your last 12 when at one point, I think they're a point or so behind Burnley and Brighton, both of whom have have kept picking up points. Burnley finishing 11, clear of Fulham, um, Brighton 13. And I mean, if you can't catch Burnley, you might as well forget about it. They've, they've scored 27, conceded 53. Yeah, I mean... It's not great, but I think if they if they can get Parker to stay and they and they stick with a few of their players that they added, um, they could they could have a decent crack at the championship. One thing I would say is the squad that they started the season with were terrible, and yeah. they had they added six or seven, which did help. That played but, to your rating at all? That they weren't given much to work with. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they didn't have much time of. They got, they came up through the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So they didn't have a lot of time, but if I remember rightly, between the playoffs and the Prem actually starting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the squad was not not ready for Premier League football. So no. you, you're seven losses down before you've even essentially got your team together. And that is quite a handicap, really. But I think, yeah, D or an E probably again for this this season. We, we expected them to come last. They didn't come last. They were better than we thought, but still not good. Dave, lack of goals, big problem. Um, never really in, got got Mitrovic involved. Does that no. play into the rating at all, that they have this guy who's, who's proven that he's he's been good in the Premier League for Fulham before? Does that play into your rating, that they never quite worked out a way to get him firing and involved? Mm. Maybe, but they gave him enough opportunities and he, he just horribly underperformed. Um, and also, Parker got them playing football where they keep it on the ground. Mitrovic is not the sort of player you want fizzing it into his feet. So he was sort of at a point where he's like, do I play Mitrovic for Mitrovic's benefit? But if we want to play around him, it's not to the benefit of the rest of the team. Or do we play to the strengths of the rest of the team? And play someone like Marja or Bobby Reed up top who complement that style of football more. So, and Mitrovic, by all accounts, when he played this season was shocking. So I don't really think you can say Parker missed a trick and not trying to get more out of him. He, he tried for the whole first half of the season. He just couldn't find his feet. Fair enough. Um, give him a day, shall we? Um, I don't mind it. I mean, I'm absolutely flustered over here because I've just looked at Mitrovic and he's got, listen, this is for Serbia. He's got 41 goals in 64 games. Oh yeah. He scored a, he scored. (laughs) Wow. That sounds like there's some stat stat padding going on in there. You mean like, you mean like how Danny Welbeck's got like 20 odd England goals and you look up and they're like 21 of them are against San Marino. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm talking is, about. The problem is with Mitrovic, he only scored three in 25 games this this season. So, yeah. coming off the back of scoring 26 and 40, and the season yeah. before he got 11 and 37 in the Prem. Here's my suggestion for Fulham. Find a couple more Serbians. Make him think it's a Serbian national team. Bing, bang, bosh. There you go. <laughs> Put some fact, more balls in the back of the net. Yeah. Yeah, maybe bring the Manjevic in to yeah. Also, if you ever get back into the Premier League, please don't play Bobby Reed because I'm sick and tired of hearing Martin Tyler tell us that um, he's related to someone in politics. Yeah, his absolutely sick of it. Politician. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair enough, Bobby Reed, good player, but I'm just sick of hearing it, Martin. Give it a rest. <laughs> Martin Tyler's great for the season, by the way. Are you? He sucks. Get rid of him. Move on. <laughs> He is dusted. Right. What's up next? Speaking of dusty places, Burnley. (laughs) Do you know, I really did think this was the season that we would finally get rid of this stain on the Premier League. Um, (laughs) Coincidentally, the worst ground to go to. Everyone's like, this is great. It's great to have such a little club in the Premier League. It's not great. They stay up every year. They get 40 points. They play shit football. Sean Dyche tells a few funny jokes in in his press conferences. We give them a B every year because they drastically overperform. But you know what? I'm fucking sick of it. So that's my they're review not, of the Burnley They're not season. getting a B this year. I can tell you that for free. So the 17th, uh, where did we have them pre-season? 11th. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, someone please just tell me what they think of Burnley. 
Well, just... my thing with Burnley is that they only, got, they only got 39 points, right? Which in a normal season is pushing it. And if there wasn't three teams in the league so much more worse than them, I'm really not sure they would have stayed up. If, the, if they played like this last season, well, the season before, uh, it's alarm bells because they they need to improve next season. They can't look to do the same thing next season. For once, it's not Dyche has done a solid job. I think this is, well, if we don't improve, uh, they, they may well go down next year. So I'd, I'd give them a D, even though they stayed up, because it's not been a particularly solid season. Burnley beat Wolves 4-0 a few games ago. Crazy. Yeah. Absolutely Chris crazy. Chris Wood High. Yeah. Abs- <laughs> it's just bonkers, that is. Um, yeah. <sighs> yeah, most notably, they conceded 55 goals. And Burnley, their strength comes from being good at the back. They showed this season that they're not particularly good at the back anymore. And I'm, I'm worried for them going into next season, unless they have some serious sort of investment, to be honest. Mike, are you worried about Burnley? Uh, no, Dave just wants his, his prediction to come true about no, Burnley going down in the next true. two no, seasons. No, it's, it's nothing to do with that. It's I generally yes, feel it that is. they're teetering on the edge. <laughs> Burnley will do what they have to do every time. They they just they manage to do enough. They'll probably do it again next year. Although I don't think we'll have them in 11th, that's for sure. It's, it is isn't Of all the teams that are like... like Closest to Sheffield United in many ways. Burnley, like, rely on the fans. Um, rely on Turf Moor being a horrible place to go, um, which is. And uh, rely on sort of playing once a week. Dyche can really drill into his t- team that what they need to do, settled 11. And all of that isn't possible in a pandemic. So I just wonder if, I wonder if, yeah, is this the is this the sort of like regression to what we all thought they would be, or is this just a, a blip because they're not allowed they're not all the sort of things that help to level the playing field have been taken away from them. Yeah, they they will be an interesting team to watch out for. Not watch their games, but watch out for their how they get on next year but when I mean, fans are back, etc. The last they struggled a bit when they had European football, didn't they? Because they just weren't. Yeah, and you can understand that. Yeah. So, and they've been playing twice a week all year. So I'm, they're not at the stage where I'm really worrying. I mean, I'm worried they might stay up. Um, but they're not <laughs> at the stage where I'm really worried about them going down yet, if you know what I mean. I think but, um, Burnley will just do what Burnley do and they'll they'll do this again. Mm-hmm. All right then, fellas. Grades? I think C. I don't mind a C, to be honest. See, I'm giving them a U because I'm fucking sick of them. <laughs> Honestly, I'd I'd relegate. This, all right, get ready. If you're giving me three teams to relegate, I'm relegating Spurs just off the bat because I'm sick of them. Uh, I'd seriously think about West Ham, but I think it would have to be Burnley and Newcastle because just mm-hmm. enough's enough, you know. Enough's enough. Enough's enough. Mike, if you could pick three teams to be relegated. Um. Uh. Yeah, I mean, not including the ones that did go down. Not including the ones that did go down, no. Okay, well, I'd get rid of Wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't fancy them much. I'd get rid of Palace, they can go. And then, yeah, probably Newcastle, to be fair. I think Newcastle would be the third. How have Burnley made the, not made the cut? Dave? I, I like Sean Dyche, so... Oh, I uh, want to see more Jeff Hendricks 
get a contract in the Prem. That's what I'm looking for. I'd get, I'd get rid of Palace. Uh, Good lord, Palace New, Newcastle and Burnley. Be my free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's Sorry, Newcastle fans. Uh, no. Not apologising to Newcastle fans. <laughs> Never. Um, the reason I've stalled, ladies and gentlemen, is because, uh, as you know, one of the In and Around Pod's favourite things to do is to talk about Brighton on these end-of-the-season <laughs> things for way longer than we should. Um, should we just not bother this time? They, <laughs> they stayed up. They, they stayed up. Just give them a C. There we yeah. go. We give it, we re- they they're, have had the They're by side, so we'll give them a C. Right. They have had the weirdest season I think I've ever seen anyone. So only two teams. They could have been so good if they could finish. Dave, you ready for stat? My stat of the week. Oh, go on, well. Only two teams this season have underperformed both on goals against and goals for. Who do you think they are? One of them is Brighton. Chelsea. Yeah, it's Chelsea. So you look That's at Brighton. Turbo Timo effect that is. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> you see, you look at the you look at the outline numbers for Brighton, and they're obviously well drilled, well coached. But they, I don't know whether they're the most unlucky team there is in the league, or they just, they just have an absolutely chronic problem putting the ball in the back of the net. I think it's the second one. Yeah. It's, it's it's just wild. But let's give them a C and move on because <sighs> it's a shame. It's just a real shame. They're still here. Think they stay up next year? Do you think they get better next year? Oh, they're making the conference league next year. God, there's a lot of relegation. Well, that is a fucking... They're bringing in Harry Kane and they're going, they're going for the top seven. <laughs> Imagine if they sign Harry Kane. Like, Harry Kane. Oh my from... word. Harry Imagine. Kane from to Trossard. <laughs> I think that's an upgrade. <laughs> okay, serious thing now because this is one of the teams I sort of had circled as actually being an interesting one. So Southampton, um, we had them all having a C at the mid-season grades, at which point they were 11th and we had them ninth pre-season. So obviously Southampton at the start of the season did well, picked up quite a few points, were hovering around the top four. Certain people were getting excited about Theo Walcott potentially winning a Premier League trophy. That all said... How do we sort of contextualise this season? Is it a massive disappointment? I have no idea what happened at Southampton. <laughs> they got some injuries, didn't they, as well? Oh, they got absolutely clarted injury-wise. I think, still. Yeah, I think that with that context in mind, it's not awful. They, they're still in the league. But 15th, we had them 9th, and I think it wasn't a, a terrible opinion to have them quite high up. No, look- I'm... They look like a team going places with a manager who also appeared to be other on than, the up. Other than West Brom, they conceded the most goals in the league. And it's not a surprise. 68 goals. They were, they were pretty poor. They were pretty poor defensively whenever I saw them this season. Like they just yeah. leaked goals. Um, Dave, what do you make of it? Certainly a strange one. I you sort of were thinking the way they finished last season and to be honest, they started this season quite well. You thought Southampton have like built on, on last year that they're going to basically have a whole season, how they finished the last one. Uh, but really they just reversed the order in which their season was going to be. They started fine. And then 
towards the end and about halfway you were just yeah getting battered all the time i'm not going to mention another score line everyone knows that no, I'm but they were it. nine nil twice nine nil again again yeah yeah it's it's unforgivable really as a manager and players they've been a walk in three points since we did these these grades yeah. the last time honestly yeah. they have been terrible i i based based on what we thought of them based on the start they had and based on how bad it was i don't uh, how bad it's got i don't think you can logistically give them a u i don't i think it's tough to give them an e but they can't be anything other than a d yeah i'd give them a d it'd been a really disappointing season and i know i know pandemic football and all that but it's just it's just all gone wrong over there really poor really poor Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, they were one of my uh, little dark horses this year, and they've been awful. They mm. really have. Less dark horse, more black death. Um, speaking of black death, um, oh, Crystal Palace. <laughs> um, right. I don't want to talk about Crystal Palace. I'm... I know it's the end of season reviews, but they to me they're a bit like Burnley, sort of a same thing. I, yeah, yeah, I've got something quick to say about um, Palace, which is that on, it's a real shame that Eze is going to be out for so long. Yeah. How long is he out great. for? Uh, Most of the next season, season probably. Yeah. Yeah, What's yeah. he done? Uh, allegedly, he's torn his Achilles. So if he's torn his Achilles, oh. he's out for practically a year, I think. Well, a year, a year and another year at least to get back to full fitness. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a big, big shame. Even um, if it's... Even if it's um, Sorry, that's if he's ruptured it. If it's a tear, he's still out for at least three months. Yeah, prayers so, up for Eze then, because he's yeah, he's, he, he's been one of the player. one of the bright spots for Palace this season because it's just been uninspiring, hasn't it, Mike? Yeah, he is one of the reasons you would turn on a Palace game and potentially think about keeping it on. You probably still would turn <laughs> it off, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what direction they go in as well because obviously Roy's leaving. Um, so, I mean, fair play. He's had a good career. Go and enjoy your retirement. I assume he's retiring. Um, yeah, I, I think so. But, yeah, what what sort of direction would you go in if you're the Palace board? I think I'd, I'd quite... ...where you're trying to play a bit better football this time. I think it's time for Palace to try and do that again. I, I think... I think... There's something to be said for a club like Palace for stability, but the whole point of being stable and in the Premier League is so that eventually you can establish yourself and you can do more expansive stuff. And I know it all went wrong for Stoke eventually, but I don't know. If I'm Palace fans and I'm watching two banks of four and you've literally got a... And the game plan is pass the ball to Zahar and Eze and hope they do something. It's not particularly inspiring, is it? Yeah, so I feel I'm like it's time to, to give it another go, I think. Yeah, I mean, credit to them, stayed up. Uh, I think it's just, they, it literally it's just a bona fide average season for Palace. This is what they do every year. Yeah, this is just Crystal Palace. That's that's what it is. It's, it's a C, I think. Yeah, I'll give them a C. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Wolves, um, and before... Next, isn't it? Is it Wolves next in 13? It is Wolves. It it is. Is. Yeah. Good Lord, Wolves. 
Yeah. 45 points. Sorry. Um, quickly, uh, quickly on Palace. Uh, Lampard's the Evens favourite to be the next Palace manager. I'm going to say it now if they do that terrible appointment. Terrible appointment for both sides. Like, why is he going to Palace? Yeah, why would he go to Palace well, also? The Palace, the Palace job's like one of the least attractive jobs in the league. Yeah, most of their players are out of contract. There's loads of dead out of contract. in the squad. Lots of dead wood. Like, and there's no real promise of huge investment, I don't think. Like, because I saw that Sean Dyche was linked with them. I was thinking, why on the earth would Sean Dyche go to Palace? What does he have to gain? No, there's no and even if even if they do throw money at it, what players are going to want to sign for Crystal Palace? Well, yeah, it's just it's Lampard needs a job to sort of build something for a few years, and it's not yeah. that's not a job that's suited. Um, but anyway, speaking of teams that need new manager, Wolves. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, if you haven't read it, sorry, and we're again we're not a sponsor. There's a really <laughs> great article on the Athletic today about Nuno and his time at Wolves and mm-hmm. it sort of pointed out to me that the last time fans were in the stadium Nuno's team were in Europe and were fifth and ever since yeah. then it's all sort of gone a bit wrong and like we mentioned earlier Nuno's Nuno success at Wolves has almost been performed entirely on players knowing their roles playing week in week out um drilling on the training pitch what they're doing and obviously covid pandemic and all these things and injuries have sort of meant that's not that's not happening um mike for this season what, what are you giving wolves i think yeah 13th it's, it's not been a good year at all has it for wolves no. they, they haven't looked anything like themselves but as you rightly say there are <clears throat> mitigating factors that the injury to jimenez is an obvious one um they also lost shot at obviously to Liverpool and Doherty to Spurs, who hasn't really featured much there, but he was an important player at Wolves while he was there. Um, as you rightly say, there's been a lot less time on the training ground for Nuno to drill his, his players. They'll have mm-hmm. had to probably change their style a little bit since Jimenez got hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, they've, they've been pretty poor again, particularly compared to what we thought. I'd say a D probably. Yeah. Given yeah, the so. given the mitigating factors, again, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd give them a D as well. They're yeah. quite fortunate that that's all happened, I guess, because otherwise it would have been a yeah, a bit harsher, I think. I just think I think with Wolves, like you look at 14th in the table, like I've just done, you think that you hear 14th and you're like, okay, bad season, still 14th. Then they're only six points clear of Burnley in 17th. It, it, is bad, but like you say, Mike, they lost their best player to a horrific injury for most of the season, so it can't. It's hard to be much harsher than a D. Yeah, you can't just forget mm. that because, I mean, if other teams had lost their best player that is as influential as Jimenez is to to Wolves, they would they would have dropped down quite substantially. Imagine where Villa would be without Grealish, for example. Twentieth, mm-hmm. <laughs> as some. Burks on these podcasts predicted them pre-season. <laughs> um, up next is Newcastle. How are Newcastle oh, at 12? I can't um, believe they've finished 12. I really can't. Um, so, <laughs> New, Newcastle. I just honestly, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with Newcastle. What the hell are we going to grade this lot? It's weird. Because they had that... a mid-season, by the way. We had them. We had them 16th pre-season. They were 15th at the mid-season, and we were going. We were all get. Me and Dave were giving them U's, 
and Mike was given Mike who hadn't lost his head was giving them a D. So just let just have that in front of you when you're thinking about what you're gonna it's, give them. It's because with Newcastle, they may have finished twelfth, but for for decent chunks of the season they generally seem to be other than Sheffield United, the worst team in the league. They were maybe West Brom as well. There was definitely times where they were playing worse football than most teams in the league for, for a big chunk. They've managed to finish 12th, but it doesn't take away all the underlying issues there are at Newcastle. Um, I mean, Bruce, I don't think he's a good manager. I can't give them a D because they've finished 12th, but I, I don't want to give them a B because I don't think they've had a particularly good season, even though the league table at face value might show that they've done okay. I, I don't think they really have. Mike. If it wasn't for Joe Willock, uh, this team, where would they be? Genuinely. 16th, probably, where we put them. 16th. Um, Mike, what are you giving Newcastle? Yeah, it is a bit of a difficult one, isn't it? Because they've shot up a little bit at the end, but I I probably will give them a B. And that makes me feel a bit sick inside. But that is probably where I'm going to go with it, I think. I think, yeah... 12 for them is is not a bad season at all, really. I mean, I think the reason we were so harsh on them is because by the midpoint of the season, like you, you could you just like they was they were scraping out these they were scraping out like a few results, but you were watching them play and you were like, I don't know what this team's doing. Like they press at weird times, they sit in a low block, but they don't really try and affect the ball at all. The keepers are facing more shots on target than they have ever had before they're not attacking well they're devoid of any quality up front despite having quality players and it's it just completely weird um dave what are you going to give him i'm going to give him a c i think right in which case i'll give me you to take the grade right down because we can't have newcastle having a good grade we'll give him a d there we are there <laughs> we are today <laughs> is it um, worth is it worth mentioning with them that that they did have Covid wipeout, some maximum and Lascelles for ages. Yeah, if um, you can't get. And so yeah. maximum has looked good since he's been back to proper fitness. Lascelles always makes them strong at the back. To be honest. Yeah, I always think he's decent. He's solid, yep. isn't he? Yep. Yeah. I mean, you're right, but. But I know a lot of teams have had this sort of thing. But no, no, you're right. And it is, we've mentioned it is, them for everyone else, so it's only fair. Yeah, that we, I agree. He's a factor, but I just think I think. Joe Willock scored seven goals in seven league games in a run of form that has basically saved them from having a really bad season. And I'm just not quite sure what to do with them. And yes, they're 12th, but they're 12th on 45 points. Wolves have got 45 points. Crystal Palace have got 44. Southampton have got 43. So like one swing goes their way and they could be as low as like 16th. It's it's not really a, at this, at this point at the table, the league positions sort of mean a bit less. It's just, I would say, I would say from 12 down, you've been crap basically for me this season. So, I mean, if we want to look, if we want to give Newcastle a C, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. I think we have to give them a C. But for what it's worth, for what it's worth, Newcastle deserve better than Steve Bruce's suffer ball. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I'd agree with that. They're, they're a big club to have to go through this, but here we are. Yeah. I mean, how do you go from Santiago Munez to this? Unbelievable. <laughs> it's um, disgraceful, really, isn't it? Yeah, 
Dave's of it. Dave's slightly dodgy uncle, Gavin. Gavin Harris. Mike, for the last time this season, by the way, can I have the Joel Linton report? Uh, you can. He did not make the match day squad. So, uh, Here we are. So oh. that, that was his send-off for the season. Quite, quite fitting, isn't it? Um, Maybe a little, yes. Start of the week, Will? Start of the week, Mike. Hit him with that hot intro. It's David's start of the week. Cheers, Mike. Uh, another glowing intro there. Um, <laughs> Chelsea, it's a Chelsea stat, Will. Chelsea are the first side since hold Everton. On, hold on. And Why are you doing it now? Because we always do it after the Joel Linton report. It's fine. No, we do. Well, we're doing it now. I've started. <laughs> I've started, so I will finish. Yeah. Okay. 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 So Chelsea are the first side since Everton in 1910-11 to finish in the top four in the English top flight, despite having no player reach double figures in the league that season in terms of goals. Okay. Jorginho Fair. top scored, didn't he? Yep, seven. Seven goals. He did, yeah. For context, Stuart Dallas scored eight. David McGoldrick scored eight. Where did they finish? Below Chelsea and most of the league. (laughs) It doesn't matter how you get there, just that you get there. Isn't that right, Steve Bruce? Anyway, (laughs) now to the club that we were most wrong about, um, Aston Villa. No, not quite. No, not quite West Ham level of wrong, is it? Oh, that's a good point. Um, that was 11 Aston... places in a league with 20 teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Aston Villa. Uh, obviously a very good season. Signing mm-hmm. of the season, Emi Martinez. Yeah. Debatable. Um, certainly not debatable that he's the goalkeeper of the season. Captain offered a 2-1 win against the aforementioned Chelsea. Uh, Mike, how do you rate their season? Yeah, pr- uh, really good. Very, very good. They've gone from Roy Keane mocking their final day celebrations when they stayed up last year to, uh, well, 11th and 10 clear of Newcastle, it's worth mentioning. So they're miles ahead Yeah. of, Steve, of, the, of the bottom of 12th and below. So, yes, they had a very poor second half of the season, really, um, while Grealish especially was injured. But all in all... 11th for Aston Villa right now represents a really good season. 12 Positive. points behind fourth. I mean, that's not that's quite something, isn't it, really? I, context, I didn't realise that. Just for context of how weird the league was this year. Also had a positive goal difference, which I know is not a great marker of anything, but does suggest that they were playing some pretty good stuff for the most part and in most of their games. Um... Yeah, I mean, if Grealish gets bought, God knows what will happen to them. Maybe they'll finish yeah. where we thought they would. But um, but yeah, as far as this season, well done, Villa. Fair play to you. I, I did not see this coming. Mm-hmm. So what grade? Uh, I'd give mm, them a Seven B. places out. Yeah, what did we give them mid-season? A, A, A. I don't see how they're not an A, to be honest. Yeah, I think it could well be still the only a. The only thing that... Uh, maybe brings them down a bit is the fact that once Grealish got injured, they were awful. And I know we've spoken about obviously players get impacted by that, but it does take a bit of a shine off the the season because they looked great for those first like 25 games. I get what you're saying, but it, it doesn't affect the grade for me. I don't think because they drastically over they drastically overperformed our uh, I think as and probably the fans' expectations. Yeah. You fully blooded in 
an entire you showed you basically from last season you showed complete progress on True. your defense as a whole and a lot of that's helped by your goalkeeper but yeah they also that, improved by 20 points on last season but, so yeah but, no i agree that's an eight that's huge that defensive improvement <laughs> is, is massive and they figured out they figured out how they want to play in this league which is yeah we're not really going to use the midfield tons we're going to bypass it with balls into the channels but also it's an effective you, way to play we mentioned martinez i think it's fair to mention matty cash and watkins funny had a striker they could i know he, he he's not massively clinical but he did at least score goals they certainly didn't have that the season before shoe in for the euro squad Oh god, my dad's a waffler, isn't he? <laughs> uh, he it's, it's, my dad, me and my dad were watching Chelsea Villa, and he's just there going, he going. It, the, the best one was like, it started off with, actually, you know, what, if England was short of a right back, <laughs> which is a oh, hilarious, no. hilarious comment. And then he goes, he goes, I think Ezra Consa could have a look at it right back, and I'm like, Dad, come on. And then Watkins settle. Watkins was a shoe for the Euros, and I was like, you need to settle. Um, I think A, uh, yeah. Well done, Villa. Good season. Hey, yeah, let's move on. Um, talk Everton. Um, oh, C. Move on. Is yeah. it C? We had them 10th. They finished 10th. Yeah, we had them 10th, but Most should Everton be finishing 10th? No, no, they won the league in like October. They did so. win the league in August. They did win the league in August. Um, at the, me and you, Mike, gave them a C at the middle of the, the season. They gave them a B. Like, oh obviously, does the fact of the huge promise shown at the start, does that not really tank their grade? No. Like this, this is a squad that should be challenged, should be getting Europa League football, realistically, shouldn't it? Or at least you yeah, think. I was chatting to an Everton fan uh, in my work earlier, and uh, he said, oh, you. I asked him who he was annoyed at about the season, because he was, he was pretty fuming about the, <laughs> where they've ended up. Um and he was more annoyed at the players than anyone else. So he doesn't think it's Ancelotti or owners or whatever. It was the players that his angle was, was going towards, which I thought was interesting. Um, but as far as, yeah, grade, I think this, I mean, this, they should be doing better, but this is exactly, this is what Everton do. This is exactly what we thought they would do. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, we can, we can give them a D if you want. I'm happy to go lower because they're shit, but. I, I think I think it did have loads of injuries, lads. If we're going to bring it into everyone else, there's parts of the season where they're yeah. having to play a okay. midfield free of Tom okay. Davis, Sigurdsson. Okay. okay. And so so here's where I differ on injuries, and I'm gonna. I think when we're talking about the clubs who've had a, who've built a squad and we're building a squad knowing what we were doing, like for the likes of Sheffield United. Not having not having built a competitive squad, given the state of the club, given what they are, I think is fair. It's the same for a club like Wolves in many aspects. For a club like Everton, who had such a recruitment drive, okay, to buy yeah. play, to buy players like Decore and Allen, who Allen at Napoli, the reason they let him go is that they were worried about his body starting to break down. Same with Rodriguez. Like the reason the reason James Rodriguez is at Everton is because he can't be relied to play 38 games a season. So the injuries hold a little less weight with me with Everton. And I just think the, the, the shocking squad recruitment com- coupled with underperforming players. I, I, 
yes, we expected Everton to be disappointing, but the fact that the fact is you're still expecting them to be disappointing, which means that you have high that you think at their peak they can be better than this, and to hang around in the Europa League spots for as long as they did without getting nothing from it's pretty poor. I think they have to be a D. I'm, I don't mind that. Yeah, I'm happy to give them a D. I think they're awful, so the yeah. B's fine by me. Yeah. When they buy a few players in the summer and someone comes to me next year and goes, I think they might finish top four, I'm going to laugh you out of the room. Because every year for like the last 10 years, people have told me they think Everton are making the top four. Oh, Christ. They'll be lucky if they make the top ten. That is true, with a resurgent Brighton led by Harry Kane. Um, Watch out. Ladies and gentlemen, up next are Leeds United. All Leeds, aren't we, Mike? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Hey, well done, Leeds. Well done. You've been great. And to be fair, a top half finish, that is excellent. That really is. Yeah, A star, whatever the highest we're giving, uh, they, they've got it. They've got it. Great team. Great team. They had, we, had, we had them as a B mid-season. And again, like you say, we were all we were just full of praise for them playing exciting football and all this. Um, I thought I thought they were actually more impressive in the second half of the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I thought they figured out a way to play against the slightly bigger teams, and um, yeah, I, I just thought they were really impressive, really great to watch. A, a great a great antidote to sort of your Burnleys, for example. Oh, and absolutely. They've recently, Chelsea's. in the last since the start of April, they've gone to Man City and won, Liverpool, uh, drawn with Liverpool at home, drawn with Man U at home and beaten Spurs at home as well. So you, you're right in saying they've started, they've worked out how to beat the bigger teams. They really have. So, and A's yeah, we've or... seen, we, yeah, A's, A-stars, whatever you want to go with. And, and those running stats that we were talking about in the group chat the other day were quite hilarious. Yeah, if you haven't seen them, ladies and gentlemen, Leeds are absolutely miles ahead of everyone else. It's comical. Um, a quick word on our Lord and Saviour, Patrick Bamford, Mike. Yeah, uh, hopefully he goes to the Euros, and if he does, it'll, they'll be coming home. That's that's all I've got to say. What a what a player. I honestly think we're a Patrick Bamford away from the league. I honestly, <laughs> let's get him back. Come on, bring him back. Come on, Lord Patrick. Bamford. Sing it back. Um, so. Ladies and gentlemen, moving on to Arsenal, the Arsenal. Uh, Mikel Arteta's project. Dear me. <laughs> How do we even begin to talk about this one? Do you know what's really weird? Is they ended the season really, really well. It's something like... And they still finished down. eighth. No, I know, because they started so badly. But if you look at... I think they the won last, each of their last five. The last 23 games of the yeah. season, Arsenal were second or third in form but they started so badly that it means nothing because what the fuck were they doing at the start of the season seriously didn't they lose to Burnley and they were like 16th 17th at one point yeah Jesus Christ middle of December yeah that was Arsenal are so weird because we're into we're about 18 months into an Arteta project in which uh, a friend of ours who supports Arsenal said to me yesterday, I have no idea how Arsenal play. No. And to have this idea that I feel like it's a it, project is a buzzword that gets thrown around whenever you're trying to justify uh, someone not getting quick yeah, results, doing a rebuilding job. But mm-hmm. gen- genuinely, lads, I've no idea really how Arteta wants to play and 
how he wants to set up football. I, I'm not sure he's good enough as, as the bottom line, really. I, I think he's had enough time to try and prove himself. And wow. Uh-huh. So, so objectively, we thought they could finish sixth in pre-season. Um, so at the, and then at the midway point, it was D, D, E um, from us. And we ended up giving them a D. I, I don't even know how to begin here because obviously the first half of the season, really bad. Second half of the season, okay to good. Yeah. I mean, they've had this decent run in the league, but it's worth remembering that they just were awful in the Europa League against Villarreal. They should be, they should still have one game left this season, if we're, if we're being honest. They were horrendous in that that tie. Yeah. I mean, to draw to draw a nil nil with Villarreal when you when you need to score just the one goal at home. Come on. Yeah. I know it's kind of a Premier League grading sort yeah. of thing here, but. It was a pathetic effort. I think, yeah, I think maybe a D, maybe an E. I, I, I'm, I'm inclined to give them an E. Uh, I will give them. A they've D. not even, they've not even got European football next year. I will give them a D. It's Arsenal. Because yes, I agree with you. It's Arsenal. I think it's disappointing. I think, I still think the squad's a mess. I think we were pro- when we had them sixth in pre-season. That's probably way too high expectations on our behalf. I think we were blown away by the performance in the cup final for example they're still not great i mean there's a lot of imbalances in the squad i mean but at the same time there's been a lot of positives this there's been a lot of positives to the back half of the season the growth of saka the growth of smith rowe for example pepe um, really pepe. starting to do it now so yeah lacazette was good second lacazette played very well and i mean they did all of this with the top scorer not playing particularly well the, the top earner, sorry. Well, not top pati- particularly Wow's kind. Yeah, well, he did have malaria, to be fair. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I forgot about <laughs> you gotta that. Give a, uh, you got to give him a bit of a pass for having malaria. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, even over the whole season, he was fucking terrible. Yeah. Um, not Before great. Before that was a thing. Not great, but... I... Th- I th- it's classic but, Arsenal. They've shown enough promise for us to put them sixth again next year. It's a bad season for Arsenal because Arsenal's a big club that should be doing better. But at the end of the day, it's not just it's not a train wreck. To be fair for Arsenal as well, uh, it's it's a lot more positive for them to have finished where they are because they're on good form at the end of the season rather than the other way round where they started off well and then then it's all falling apart. So. At least you can say going into next season, it looks like they potentially sorted themselves out. They did last season in good form. Well, yeah, I know. Well, so if it's the same thing again, maybe it's time for someone else to lead this project of theirs. What project? It's. Yeah, we'll probably, they've had a nice end to the season, so they'll probably, yeah, we'll put them sixth again and be wrong again. But there you go. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's all in the fun. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to do Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs are Spurs are seventh, but Spurs <laughs> are seventh 
five points off the top four. Obviously, they're getting an A because of the absolute job they did yesterday for us. Gareth Bale, what a man. Um, did I let out a little squeal when he put in the fourth? Yes, I might have done. Yeah, you were bailed out by Spurs. Oh. It, that's your like the eighth person to say that to me today. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm it's sure just, I'm not first for that. It's just disgusting. John Bale after that Chelsea. comment, mate. James is Chelsea. Um, Sack Mourinho. After a really promising start when they were first, dour football. Harry Kane might leave. It just it just hasn't worked for Spurs. We had them as finishing. Uh, I think we had a fifth preseason. Didn't yeah, we, we did because we said they'd beat Arsenal. I mean, we were right. Well, they did. Yeah. How do By we grade point. this one? Um. I mean, I can't give e. them any worse than Arsenal. I can. E. I agree. I agree because I think least... I think it's been worse than Arsenal. Well, yeah, I, yeah. To be honest, when you factor in how they were. Po- playing and they've got Harry Kane and Son for God's sake two of the best players in the league Kane Kane probably is one of like really up there for one of the best like top three players in the league he's the best that's not mince words he's the best just go and buy him just go and buy him <laughs> every time I can't talk about Harry Kane without saying that just go and buy him but yeah I, I mean they've, they've got no manager they've got no fans They've got a nice ground, but that's about it, really. They've got a horrible board. Look, look, Spurs, by now, you should be used to Spurs disappointing you. But Spurs sort of, over the last couple of years, for all the jokes, established themselves as a member of that elite top six. And they finished outside at seventh. I mean, they've just sort of like, they've sold the, they sold the soul of their project, really. And it just, it just has not gone. Like a few years ago, when Harry Kane signed that trophy, signed the contract, you're like moving into a new stadium, just got to a Champions League final. You're like, legitimately, you could look at that and think, you know what, we spend a bit of money, we could be a, we could establish ourselves in the top four. We could establish ourselves as winning maybe a league title one day. And now you look at them and you think to yourselves, oh, God, you guys face a real struggle to challenge for the top four next season, but you face an even bigger struggle to maybe even challenge for Europa League. So that's just an absolute shit show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, next season is a concern. Kane possibly leaving. They haven't got a manager right now. And and they're in the, the Conference League, which I think is played on Thursday. So it's like being in the shitty Europa League, So you, you, which is quite impressive, really, isn't it? But So they're still going to have to play in Europe on a Thursday and then come back and play on a Sunday. Which So you get all the hassle of playing in Europe for pretty much no reward <laughs> yeah yeah so that's not going to help their league form is it no not at so all. maybe you would rather be arsenal in eighth just miss out on that that place oh, I, think I would like i mean it's not like you're getting a particularly large prize money from the conference league like no. is it i mean you get I, what i found chelsea got 40 million for winning the europa league and then they got 70 million for getting knocked out by Bayern in the round of 16 the champions league so that's the, the Champions League money is mad. That's the levels of difference in money we're talking. So this tertiary competition is going to be nothing. But um, push you for a final grade, lads. What are you giving them? A. 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 Now, um, ladies and gentlemen, I've got. A, I keep saying ladies and gentlemen like I'm some like I'm Bruce Forsyth. Like, what <laughs> Bruce Forsyth used to say was it nice, nice? Nice to see you. To see you, nice. I think nice. It was. Honestly, like 
obviously. Um, he's dead, isn't well, he? I thought you were going to make a horrible comment there. No, I wasn't. I was just going to say, Bruce, rest in peace, Bruce Forsyth Day, but I don't know what you're implying over there. Um, anyway, I have to go because I've got to go and do something. Whereas I'm going to leave you in the capable hands to discuss, discuss the top six of Mr. Michael Bresson. He will take over. Um, one of the reasons I'm going is because I don't want to talk about West Ham in a positive manner. Um, <laughs> you don't really care what I have to say about the other ones. You might care about what I have to say about Chelsea's season. They spent £220 million to finish one point better off. No one scored in the top six. And by the end of the season, their top scorer from open play was cast out the squad in favour of putting Emerson on the bench. It's a you. Um, uh, the only way they can redeem this absolute wet flannel of a season is by winning the Champions League. It's the only way they can redeem it because other than that, what have you done? You spent a ton of money, shit the bed in the league and had to rely on Spurs and it's actually a club legend. Well, there you go. Disgusting. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that, Will. Um, we will move straight on into the top six and start with West Ham. Um, we had them 17th pre-season, which is, as mentioned earlier, is our worst prediction. They obviously finished in sixth yeah. place, so in the European places, mm-hmm. 65 points. Dave, if you were to grade them, I think I know what this will be. But uh, it's, it's a, a plus, A star, whatever you want to call that. The highest grade, yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What a, what a season for them. What a season. Unbelievable, really. Um, as as Will kind of said earlier in the episode, we, I mean, there was a lot of a big lack of trust in Moyes and the playing squad to start the season. Um, and also there was the stuff around Mark Noble calling out the the board. Well, selling, to get rid uh, of Dean Garner. It just, I think we probably said it in the one to twenties. It seemed like a very sour atmosphere at West mm-hmm. Ham, but it's been totally the opposite. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, yeah, surprise package of the season for sure. Other than other than Leeds, I guess. But yeah, credit to Leeds. But West Ham have have got even further. Top six, finished two points off the Champions League, which is absolutely crazy to be honest. Um, Moyes' coaching job. I don't know if they've already decided manager of the year. I wish they would give it to Moyes or Bielsa, but they'll probably give it to Pep. They've, they've uh, just announced it as a recording, and you're rightly, it was Pep. Yeah, they gave it to Pep. Fair. I mean, the coaching job Moyes has done with these players, it's it's crazy, to to be honest. All of them have that, have a job. It all works. Uh, Lingard. Yeah, it, it feels like as well what impressed me with this season is every signing they made was a good one every single yeah. player played their part Kufal was great they got Suchak permanently he was good um, Lingard di- was obviously a, a master stroke Craig Dawson was good Ben Rama was good whenever they they needed him yeah, yeah Craig Dawson was one for me I mean they picked him out of a relegated team for on a free didn't they and, and he's been yeah. He's been, He's been a rock at the back for them. Obviously, Sufal, Suchek, everyone knows about those. Lingard since January has been unbelievable. Just a great season. Everything has clicked really well for West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they balance Europa League with their league commitments next, next year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll look forward to that. Uh, obviously, A star there. 
great experience for the fans and well hopefully the fans but definitely the players to play in Europa League even if it doesn't go to plan they've earned the right to be there and even that in itself would feel like a great achievement I'm sure they unless they lose to Astra Jersey or whatever they're called again <laughs> maybe it won't feel good then <laughs> yes there should be some if they're allowed some good away trips for the fans and obviously they can hopefully make the uh, the Olympic Stadium or whatever it's called there a, quite a fortress. Um, yeah, from a team who had an amazing season to a team that won the FA Cup and finished fifth, what did we make of Leicester, Dave? It's a tough one, Mike, because they picked up four points in their last five games, which is, oh, God, it's... To put into context, Sheffield United picked up six in their last five because they won two. I know, I know Leicester played some tough teams, but still, well, my start of the week, I'm sure everyone's seen it. In the last two seasons, there's been four game weeks where Leicester haven't been in the top four. And two of those game weeks have been game week 38 because they've fallen out of the the top four on the last day. What the heck? How, like, it happens once, it's bad. It happens twice, it feels unforgivable. I don't know what what really happened. I know Evans got injured, but I don't know how the players from such a commanding position throw this away. It's, like like you say, the FA Cup, to get, to get a trophy that will be remembered forever and, and one for the history books is huge, but it almost feels like this season went from being a great season to only a good season just because they didn't make top four. So that, yeah. So that's what I was wondering. Is this, a lot of people seem to be bringing this narrative that the season was a failure, but I don't think to it's me a for Leicester fifth place. I know the, obviously the concept yeah, of them coming fifth plus the FA cup. I think that's a pretty good season still. It's a good season. However, the fact that they're in top four, the whole a whole season and don't finish there is bitterly disappointing. It's it's a weird one because if Leicester are hovering sixth, seventh, eighth the whole season and then they have a strong finish and come fifth, everyone's singing their praises. Oh, what a great season. But it's more the fact they're fifth because third or fourth looked in their control, theirs to throw away and they've thrown it away for the second season in a row. Um, yeah. I'd, I mean, again, with Leicester, they've, you know, a positive season for a number of reasons. Fofana looks a great find. Iannaccio finally looks like a player that might be worth the fee they paid. Um, And when Vardy, bless him, inevitably falls off his hill, it looks like maybe Iannaccio can actually replace him to an extent, um, rather than not at all. Yeah, which (laughs) which is what I was looking at. but yeah, it's a hard one to grade, Mike, because I feel B's harsh, but at the same time, feel A's maybe ignoring the fact that they didn't make top four. I, I don't know what you think about it. I think, yeah, B is probably fair. We had them eighth um, yeah. when we did this preseason, which looking back seems a little low, although they had lost a couple of players. But yeah, I think a B is about fair. An A, I think an A would have been right if they were top four. Top four. Um, mm-hmm. A B is fine, yeah, for fifth. They're, they've got European football. They've got an exciting manager. And I don't think many of their players have been linked with moves away. 
Uh, not year. massively, but I saw something interesting. It, it, I mean, it's probably just Twitter talk, but Tielemans is in none of the uh, like new kit promo, and he did a lap of honour at the end of the their game. Which now it could be because he scored an FA Cup at winning goal, and he wants to thank the fans like most players do because they haven't yeah. been able to see them for the whole season. But maybe there's more into that. I don't know. What I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if some of those players did get bids because, for example, Tielemans, I, I think, is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, there's your transfer saga to watch for the summer then, everybody. And also <laughs> also the thing with Leicester is if they stayed, if they got the Champions League, they could sort of say to any player wanting to leave, you're in the Champions League, you can't go higher. But now it's you're in the Europa League, maybe the players want to play in the Champions League. And if a team comes calling with a good enough bid... They're going to lose someone, I think. That is an interesting point. It should be another interesting summer at the King Power, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, right, we'll move into the top four then. Leicester getting a B there. Um, and fourth place, as Will said on his way out, was Chelsea. I'm not going to be as... If Will was being serious there, I'm, I'm not going to be as harsh on Chelsea as he was. Um I mean, it's a weird one though because it feels like it feels like top four is not bad, but it only feels not bad because under Lampard things were really starting to go wrong. The wheels I mean, were really coming off, weren't they? I I obviously get Will's point, and I understand most people's point, really, especially Chelsea fans, that you don't ever want to see a club legend treated with basically a disregard. However, how the season's turned out looks like uh looks to be the right one as painful as it is to to know that a club legend was tossed aside really like he had no link to the club but they've they're in the champions league final which is huge it's been quite a few years since they were in one of those yeah uh, i think i think at the point of the season where we did the mid-season grades if we if someone had told us that Chelsea were going to be in the Champions League and FA Cup final and make the top four, you'd have laughed in their face. Yeah, you would have laughed. I mean, the FA Cup is a bit of a shame to lose, but Champions League is the, obviously the bigger prize. They managed to come top four. The thing is, like Will was saying, they spent a lot of money here to not really improve overall. And... My other thing is with them, yes, they got top four, but they got top four because another team did them a favour. Chelsea didn't exactly service up themselves. And if they had needed to, God, they played awfully against Aston Villa. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, they had a, a lot of they had a fair few chances and again didn't stick them away, which is becoming a bit of a theme with with Chelsea recently. And they they're not going into this Champions League final in particularly good form themselves. No. So if this final had been a couple of weeks ago when they really had barely lost under Tuchel, it, it's a it's a totally different game, I think, isn't it? Well, let's remember, if Leicester had beaten or drew with Chelsea in the league, it would be Leicester top four and Chelsea would be fifth anyway. Yeah, that's true. And if Leicester, yeah. if Leicester had managed to beat Tottenham, which it looked like they were going to, again, it, it, Chelsea wouldn't even be top four. I mean, the the matter, the fact is, though, they are top four. Yeah. So they yeah, have the Champions happened. League. The Champions League final, uh, 
it's hard to speculate who's going to win that one, to be honest. Those sort of one-off occasions, uh, obviously both are good teams that they're in the Champions League final. Um, but it's, it's hard to say. So I'm not about to predict that Chelsea are going to call this a great season because come Sunday evening, they've won the Champions League. Well, Saturday evening, they've won the Champions League. Um, I'm going to have to give them an E, just spent an absolute shed load of money. <laughs> and the top scorer is a guy who takes penalties with a stutter. Yeah. From midfield. It is very concerning, isn't it? Very concerning. Are you happy with an E, Mike? Or yeah, I think, an e, I yeah. think it's a D or an E, and I'm happy to go a bit harsher. I think, yeah, for most of the season, they were very, very poor. Yeah. yeah. And even the finish of the season, they were fortunate. To, to make it into top four, as we said. Stuttering would be a good way to sum up. Yeah, this. stuttering like Jorginho when he takes a penalty. Yeah. Um, we'll go from, yeah, on to third place, which somehow is where Liverpool finished. Now, I don't know yeah. how that happened, but they're in third. How do you rate their season, Dave? It's a weird one, isn't it? Because they're defending champions and they finished 15 points off. But when you consider the season they've had, they've only conceded 42 goals without a point any senior centre-back, which is remarkable. Man United in second conceded 44. Wow. Leicester conceded 50. West Ham conceded 47. The only teams that conceded less were Chelsea, Man City and Arsenal. Arsenal. They conceded the fourth... Four fleece goals. For what's worth as well, Brighton only conceded 46, but they can bloody score. <laughs> um, Liverpool, yeah. Uh, what did they take at the end? 26 points from 30? Something Eight wins, like that, two yeah. draws. They started to uh, motor again at the end of the season, didn't they? And to the fact that they did that with Nat Phillips, who... Yeah, before his only real first-team football was an OK spell in Bundesliga 2, which was like, you know, does a job but not massively significant or stand out. Reese Williams had been playing at Kidderminster in the National League North. Somehow they put them together. And yeah, I think I saw a stat as well. Fabinho back in midfield, Liverpool, it was either they won seven, drew one, or won eight, drew one in the games he was back in midfield. So the only one they drew was when he got moved to uh, defense, back yeah, in defense yeah. as well. So the fact that Liverpool were sat here in third, when I know we've talked about injuries for the teams and people will say, you know, the whole debate because Man City last year, they underperformed because Laporte. Liverpool had most of the season without their first three choice centre-backs. And, I'd say between every single one of those players has almost like a golfing quality. Like oh, Van yeah. Dijk is the very, very top of centre-backs. Joe Gomez, because of his attributes, he used to be a full-back. He's very fat, like quick. I would say that he's he's still a very good centre-back. And then Joel Matip's still good as like a, you know, a standard centre-back. Gomez has more to his game, his passing, his pace. Van Dijk's the all-round top bloke. And to have none of them to to be playing Fabinho and Henderson at centre-back at points and two kids that were playing way above their level in the Premier League. Wow. I 
can't believe that they're they're here. Um, I think it's with ten games turnaround. left, ten games left, they were like five points off fourth or something like that. Maybe even a little a little further adrift. Uh, but then that when you that's all context, but at the same time they're defending champions and they have technically finished miles off the pace. So you can't call this season an A by any stretch. The personnel loss and the way they play is impressive, but you still got to contextualise that they won the league last year. Um, they obviously didn't go far in cup competitions. Again, understandable because of the injuries. So I'd be happy, to, even though, you know, when a team defends the league and they finish 15 points off the top, you're like, oh, that's not a good season. I'm inclined to still give these guys a B because those last 10 games, it's some coaching job from Klopp and what an effort from the players. I'm happy with the B, I think. Yeah, we had them second, obviously, pre-season. And yeah. So even though they're a position lower, given all the context and yeah. the way they've finished the season, I think it's hard to argue that they've actually yeah. probably performed better than anyone could have thought. Mm-hmm. And to come third, it, it's bonkers how, they, how they've pulled that yeah. off. Agreed. Um, and yeah, in the end, only five points behind the team in second. Obviously, that is Man, Man United. United. Well, um, take it away, Mike. Yeah, I mean, second seems like a good achievement. 74 points um, is eight more than last year. So obviously, there's progression there. That's a, That is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Where did you finish th- last year? Was it fourth? Uh, third, I believe. Let me just check. Third, yeah. So same oh. points as Chelsea, but in third. Mhm. So yeah, the, the I mean, if you'd have told me when we started the season we were going to come second, I'd have been buzzing. Obviously, there's a lot yeah. of context to go with all of that, including Liverpool's injuries, Chelsea not mm-hmm. being probably as good as we thought, Leicester falling away. Um, and yeah, still 12 points behind the champions, Man City, which is a big, big gap. And I don't know how we're going to bridge that gap as it stands at the moment, unless you go and buy a Kane or a Haaland or whoever. Mm-hmm. But there does seem to be a bit more of a plan and a bit more of a system in place this season compared to last season. Obviously, Europa League final, if we can go and win that, that would be good. Second place plus the Europa League. It shows how poor the standards are, but that's become a quite a good season um, yeah. for us now. Which, yeah, I hate that, that that's the standard, but that's all we've got to aim for when City are this good. So I guess it's a B probably. Yeah, I, I would say a B. Um, it's a good season, but not a great season. We've been poor yeah, at times, we've been good at other times. It's. I'd say overall, Man United seem to be on the up, so yeah. that makes me... And yeah, I mean, Champions League, but at the end of the day, you're still in the Europa League final, so there's an opportunity for some silverware, which... Yeah, I think it would be good for Oli to get a bit of silverware under his belt, I think that, that would yeah. help. Um, and then it's going to be another big summer of, of change again at Old Trafford. Yeah. So it should be interesting. Definitely very interesting. But They're yeah. Ever ever going Man United, oh God, we've got more dead wood to shift to this summer, just like last summer and the God knows how many summers before. Every single year. Honestly. Andreas top three players you want gone. Andreas Pereira won, Mike, obviously. Uh oh, next if two he's players. Still, yeah. He's still on the bloody books, Christ. I think so. 
Uh, well, Matt is going. Oh yeah. Which true. so I mean, thanks, thanks for your service, Juan. You you've actually been a hero, but now you're just a bit old. Um, who else would I like to get rid of? I mean, if we can get a fee for Martial. Yeah, true. You probably want to get rid of him, and then who who's even there that I don't care about? Don't know, Fred or McTominay, one of them. Yeah, maybe one of those. Even De Gea, possibly. Maybe try and get, try and get his wages off the wage bill would be handy. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I don't know how you find teams for these players when you've got them on such ridiculous contracts. No, I, I agree. It's or you such end a nightmare. Up... You end up selling them to someone, but you're still paying, I don't know, like 50k of their wage, even though yeah. they don't play for you anymore. Probably still paying half of Alexis Sanchez's wage. I won't be surprised if you're still paying, paying some of Lukaku's or Ashley Young even. I'm sure Young was on huge money at one point. I'm sure he bloody was. They're, they're talking about whether he's going to renew, aren't they, into Milan as well. So that'd be Yeah. Speaking of Man U. But yeah, I think probably a B is about fair for United. Mm-hmm. Um more work to do, but not a bad season. That's yeah, agreed. That's pretty much how I'd sum- summarise that. Uh, and then we can move on to the to team Man we predicted City. to be champions. They are the mm-hmm. champions. It's obviously Man City. Dave, talk to me about Man City. Well, been an absolute joy to watch, to be honest, for most of the season. It's a team that's always been great in midfield. Um, well, mostly questions over holding midfielder when it's not been Fernandinho I guess but going forward they've always been such an exciting team to to watch but there was always that element of well let's hope they don't lose the ball because chances are the guys at the back aren't aren't going to defend this very well um, <laughs> unless it falls to just Laporte. Man City this year really I'd say solid at the back they only conceded 32 goals how many clean sheets? Uh, 18? Something like I that? I think Edison, Edison led the got, league, yeah. Um, don't worry, uh, for those wondering, Scott Carson didn't keep a clean sheet on his appearance. If you were 18 it was, yeah. <laughs> um, but Stones, Diaz, great partnership. Um, going forward, they were great. Interesting, I guess, with Aguero going, but obviously happy on the way he went out. Two goals, prim- that was nice, most wasn't Premier it? League goals for for one club. What what a nice little record to tie up at the end. Club legend, I think it's fair to say. I think everyone in our generation and and probably the one above are gonna remember that goal forever that he scored. So thanks Sergio for for so many great moments. But I think Man City as a whole. Even with question marks over strikers like Jesus, still blowing people away most of the time. They started off the season a little bit off the boil. Uh, I remember them being mid-table a few weeks in. But as soon as Diaz and Stones started playing together, Christ, didn't they concede one in 12 games or something? They had a run of. <laughs> something crazy in all like comps. that. Um, yeah, great season. I mean... The only thing that I feel is a bit of a shame with this one is no one was really pushing them all the way like the Liverpool and Man City seasons yeah. have been before. However, Man City, in this, everyone knows in this climate, I think no fans, the fitness, I think it's it's so much harder to play the game how you want to play it, especially how they play. And they still managed to do it mostly. So I feel they've been so good, even though, even though there's been much higher time, to- 
points tallies in the last few seasons for the champions, I'm still inclined to give them an A, really. They've been the complete package. Uh, and they're in the Champions League final. So the big one that's been eluding Pep all this time and Man City it could finally come. Be quite the cherry on top of the cake, which has yeah. been an And if that happens, it'd be an A star if they win the Champions League. But it's it's an A for sure for there me. There you go. They're on the grade boundary. They just need the Champions League to get them over over yeah. the line. Yeah, excellent season. Foden has been a real revelation, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gundawan, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, also carrying them through when uh, De Bruyne, etc., were out. They're, they're they're an incredible team, an incredible squad. When you can change a pretty much an eleven and still think you've got a pretty good chance of winning. Yeah, they're they're um, just a great great team. They are a very good team and worthy worthy winners uh, of this season's Premier League. Mm-hmm. But yeah, enjoyed that. It was nice to kind of round it off, talk about every team a little bit. Well, some teams wasn't nice to talk about them again, but there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not going to be speaking about them for a couple of months now, are we? So that is true. We'll probably uh, we'll probably do a Champions League episode, maybe, and then uh, we may take a couple of weeks off and do some Euro stuff yeah, around that. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we we may well have some Euros content coming, so keep an eye out for that if you're interested. Or if England somehow crash out of the group when we get absolutely destroyed by Shea Adams, he's finally Scottish now. Um, <laughs> Maybe you won't want anything past the first couple of weeks of that tournament. But yeah, which I'm sure that is we'll, the rest, case. we'll come up with something. We'll find another team to follow, some rogue nation to follow, um, and we'll have some fun there. But yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. Obviously, um, normally we do the betting pod stuff. There might be some stuff for the playoff finals coming from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if the people want to follow you, Dave, where can they do that? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. Lovely stuff. Um, and if you do want to follow me for any Joel Linton updates over the summer, see how is the Brazilian bad boys getting on. Um, it's at Mikey Breslin for that. But obviously, as Will always says, please don't follow either of us there. Just follow us at In and Around Pod on Twitter. And you can also sometimes read our thoughts on inandaroundmedia.com. I'm sure we'll get stuff, some stuff up. Maybe a Champions League debrief. And maybe Euro stuff maybe like Euro's prediction could yeah. be could be quite nice. To be um, and the bet the betting pod goes up every week whenever we do that as well, so you can always read. Yeah, that that, that do you reckon well. you're gonna do some? I was wondering, Mike, if you're on, if you reckon you'll do some betting during the Euros. I mean, it well, would I certainly have... will be doing some betting. Now I can tell well, you. Well, what I mean is, obviously, it'd be a lot to. I don't know. We could get more of us involved. I mean, we could. What we that could do is we could try and bet specific matches because the group stage happens so thick and fast. You'd be you'd be doing a bloody betting pod every couple of days or whatever. Yeah. So maybe it'd be best to try and bet different rounds and and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there'll be but, loads of content and stuff we can get from that. And nice to finally watch a. Uh, an international tournament after it not being last year so. yeah you're not wrong there yeah we'll uh we'll keep you updated on the socials so make sure you're following us uh, in the round pod when we do work out what we're going to do for the audience yeah. etc um and yeah i think that'll just about do it for this week um nice one we'll yeah. see you soon cheers guys <laughs> see you soon take it easy guys <laughs>